and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast, episode, I think it's six. No, I, I think it's episode, I think it's episode seven now. It's crazy how fast time is going by. So, um, welcome to the show. I'm really excited for today's guest, um, Dr. Gerald Maniti. Did I pronounce that right? That's pretty good. I, I, it was actually very accurate. I could have been better? No, no, no. Well, yeah, but only with that Italian accent, like Miniti. Yeah, exactly. But most people just say Miniti or Minetti. Miniti. Yeah. Dr. Gerald Miniti. Yeah. So I... Um, I want, I want, so basically when I have a guest on the show, I promise I'm not going to, I like to talk for the, just the first few minutes. Just, I like to explain why this person's here on the show. Why and, am I here? <laughs> so um, typically when um, a guest comes on the show, I'll do some research about them, um, you, you know, their backstory and, and doctor, uh, I'm just going to call you Gerald. Gerald, just, yeah, yeah, just Dr. Gerald, Gerald, Gerald. How about Gerald? Gerald? Yeah. So Gerald, um, yeah. He's a plastic surgeon based in Beverly Hills, and so um, he's actually going to give me Botox tonight on the show. <laughs> I haven't told him that, but that's why he is. You snuck that in. Now what am I supposed to say? No? Okay, fine. And, um, and I, I use key. I've been really moisturizing all week before the show, so hopefully you can tell. <laughs> yeah, you look amazing. You're so smooth. I don't even know if we need Botox, but... So uh, it's been a little bit different preparation for this week. Typically, I'm, I'm reading about the person, and I just was—it was all about me. I wanted to make sure my skin looked good, so I'm hydrated. I drank a lot of water today, no sodium. Oh wow, uh, <laughs> doing better than me. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks, um, Eddie. Yeah, I'm really, really excited that you're yeah, here. I am too. And this is so. I have a, a few things that I, I want to talk about. But the first thing that comes to my mind, and I was, uh, and I think the cats are going to actually probably make an appearance this evening. They mm-hmm. made an appearance the first few weeks, and and they're already they're already bonding. They're with on you. to me. They're bonding with you already. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I was having a discussion um, a few days ago about the word expert, mm. and let me try to explain. Basically, I think somehow, basically for any of the new listeners who are listening because you're on the show and they're not here because they're listening, they want to listen to me. Yeah. This show is about what's happening to our culture. And I think a lot of what's happening in, in, in a negative way, I think is because of Instagram. And one thing that Instagram has done, it has made people feel as though they're an expert. People are paying attention to people that really aren't experts. You know, back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, for the news, let's say, we had Dan Rather, we had Peter Jennings, we had the New York Times. I mean, we had a few publications, a few news sources that we trusted, that we thought were experts. We had physicians. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you know, people can get a shitload of views Mm -hmm. on YouTube or Instagram or whatever and appear to be experts, but really all they're doing is just giving their opinion. And so... Um, it's really exciting to have an actual expert, an actual physician on the show who really knows what they're talking about. Um, or he thinks he does. He thinks he does. <laughs> so um, what, and, and, let me, and I want to start off by saying, I've been intrigued by how you use Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, most people who use Instagram, they're like promoting their bodies or they're promoting their vacations or their trips, uh, same thing, or, or like the food they're eating, um, but you're actually um, promoting the plastic surgery, the procedures, mm-hmm. um, and you have a lot of followers on Instagram. So, so 
explain to me how did you think to use Instagram this way? I mean, obviously yeah. we know that people are staring at their phones all the time, right? But but how has it become such an important tool, and why? And, and you're you're not actually showing procedures, not on in, well. Yes, I am. It's, what are you doing? I, yeah, so, for, it, well, it's been an evolution. Uh, and I've been doing Instagram for about uh, three or four years. And uh, I wish I could say I thought of it. And in fact, I you know I was told I really need to be doing it. So I wasn't uh, first in line uh, when it comes to plastic surgeons using Instagram. And um, I started in the beginning using a paid professional. Uh, but ultimately fired her because uh, the way she promoted my account by using a computerized robot that would uh, follow and unfollow people and hmm. make comments and then all in the attempt of, of you know getting more followers but minimizing uh, how many people I'm following just didn't jibe with my personality. And so I got rid of her and, and then um, although growth was fast using those computerized systems and having her pick posts and make and make com- and make these posts for me, in the end, I felt better about just doing it myself. And in the beginning, it was a mishmash. It wasn't just, you know, geared towards my promoting my business, although I'd say probably 90% of the time it was. I did put personal stuff in. Uh, there, if you look back uh, at some of my early Instagram posts, you'll see pictures of food. <laughs> yeah, I don't see those anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's pretty much just pure um, uh, plastic surgery. And, and you know, I... I, I Obviously, it's a promotion for me. Uh, and, and has it worked? Uh, yeah, it is tremendously um, uh, effective. How? Uh, um, what it does, it, well, I think w- it, it's effective. I think that uh, I'd like to think that I'm offering something that is a high quality, I, uh, not just results, which I most commonly show, but I do try to make this an educational thing for me. It's always been about education. People that come and see me who are interested in plastic surgery, if they don't have, if they don't become my patient, one of the things they'll tell other people is, oh, this guy actually talks to you and teaches you stuff. I went on five different consults and they spent five minutes with me. I was with Dr. Manitti for over an hour. And so I'm, I, like, I like to teach people. So uh, Instagram has um, sort of evolved for me uh, and become a tool to teach, a tool to promote myself, and uh, a less about um, uh, what I'm eating for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Although we're very interested yes. in what you're eating. <laughs> um, yeah, and you actually will show like before and after shots mm-hmm. of like... Um, the, what do you what do you fo- what do you what what's your primary uh, focus? Well, I, I think you'd, if you uh, scanned my Instagram quickly using your finger, <laughs> you'd see a lot of breasts. Yes, and um, and and that sort of mirrors my practice. Uh, but um, I don't ever want to get pegged. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't go into other surgical fields is because I felt that plastic surgery was uh, was very varied and would uh, lead to a, a, a lot of uh, different sorts of surgeries and procedures that all are interesting to me. Uh, so I, although I do a lot of breast, I, I try to show you know, noses and tummy tucks and liposuction and eyelids. Uh, these are all things that I find enjoyable and want to share and, um, uh, and and gives me the opportunity to talk about these things because I think that um, there's a lot of mis, um, misinformation about uh, things. Uh, one being is that I can, you know, people that say, oh, 
I can always tell somebody's had plastic surgery. You can see them walking down the street. And no doubt that's true. But for every person you see walking down the street who you see has had obviously had plastic surgery, nine or ten have also passed you and you didn't catch them. So the ones that you can tell, it's just it was poorly done. Poorly done or done in excess. And, um, and, and, and that could be because of the surgeon or uh, many times it's because of, of the patient. Uh, we get wrapped. We plastic surgeons get wrapped up in trying to to uh, serve our patient, and sometimes we do them a disservice by actually listening to them. Hmm. Well, I was reading online about you um, in the back of Craigslist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Casual encounters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was reading all the reviews, um, like five star, and not just about the procedure, but the fact that you actually. Um, seem to care. And, and, and it's funny why that's such a big deal is my uncle, um, I, I'll say was just because he's pretty much retired now, but he was a physician and an mm-hmm. in, in, in internist in Connecticut. And he always had this way of, he, he was just full of such compassion and love and mm-hmm. support. And mm-hmm. it's funny when I've, I, I met Gerald, uh, through yoga class a couple of years ago and it's, obvious that you're a plastic surgeon, not because of how you look, but because people will come up to you and get your advice, um, Mm -hmm. you know, about, you know, their body and you, Mm -hmm. I'm not like eavesdropping. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm just, because maybe I'm friends with the person also, but you do have a way of making people feel, um, really comfortable and, Uh, and you seem to really, um, be passionate, be sensitive to what, what they're talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very personal thing. Um, and, uh, and I get that relationship with my patient. I, I really do care about them. Uh, and when, uh, people, yoga people, for instance, uh, come up to me and, uh, who may or may not be a patient of mine or, or just looking for advice. Um, I, you know, I care about them and I, and I want to make sure that, um, they make the, the right decisions about things. Yeah. Because because uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and and um, and not just about plastic surgery. Um, um, you know, I joke about the fact that my side hobby happens to be uh, the rest of medicine. I uh, I frequent uh, the New England Journal of Medicine and the Journal of American Medical Association, and I read those journals a lot uh, as a side gig, if you will, just for general medical knowledge. Because it all wraps up. You know, I, yeah. I my patients aren't just. Uh, people that are interested in plastic surgery. They also happen to be uh, people that are getting older and might have diseases or have issues and problems. And I'm there to, you know, and I try to guide them in that respect. Yeah. And I can, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're really passionate about yeah. good health. Yeah. I mean, I just know by the way you eat, mm-hmm. you exercise mm-hmm. pretty much every day. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You obviously um, aren't like some spring chicken, but you look no. very young and you seem to be in great shape. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, thank, it's great. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm just trying to get yeah. some free Botox. Yeah, yeah. No. He's working it. He's working it. It's, but, it's you, well, you got me already, buddy. This, this is the thing though. Like, um, I want people. So as I said, and we talked before you came on you, the show, I, I think Instagram has sort of created this <clears throat> culture now mm-hmm. where it's making us insecure. Mm-hmm. We're, paying attention to the wrong people. You know, I brought up the mm-hmm, point about mm-hmm. experts earlier. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing now, we're paying attention to people who show their tits mm-hmm. or like scream and yell all the time mm-hmm. on Instagram really mm-hmm. loud or swear a lot. Yeah. Um, and 
and I've said this before we went on the air, you know, before Instagram, we were really, the only people we knew who, who you know, unless they're close friends who had plastic surgery or who looked amazing were movie stars. Mm-hmm. And we saw them in Us Magazine mm-hmm. or we saw them, mm-hmm. you know, in People. And now because of filters and because of Instagram and, you know, our, our like everybody I know has perfect skin, on Instagram. On Instagram. And and mm-hmm. their bodies look generally... Now, I make fun of yoga teachers a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's basically become a display of showing off how hot everybody is. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if you don't have a hot body, then you suck at teaching yoga. Right. Or I've joked on my Instagram, like, I'm only friends with people who have six-pack abs. Yeah. Because the people that don't are just, they're freaking losers. Right. No, I, I, anybody that doesn't have a six-pack ab... Um, <laughs> I don't even really give them the time of day. You don't associate yourself with them. No. I know. No. Yeah, That's why you're on the show. Yes, exactly. We <laughs> but, think alike. So, I mean, obviously, I want to choose my words carefully here. Yeah. I want people to be happy. Yeah. Uh, the world deserves more happy people. We're, our time is limited here. Yeah. But um, how has your practice evolved, or have you noticed a shift, or are you more careful than ever on what you're suggesting, or do you see the trends? I mean, am I correct mm-hmm. in my assessment of what Instagram is doing to our culture? Yes, I, I agree with you that it um, it's a it's a it's a focusing it's a it's a it's a lens that is uh, intensifying um, the general trend that we've been seeing in the last uh, twenty or thirty years uh, for the you know this superficiality of improving our appearance. And um, uh, before I forget, you know, you mentioned about experts. Um, uh, a physician, a plastic surgeon out of St. Louis uh, wrote a paper. It was published in our respected journal, Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, about uh, social media. And he noted that um, more than, um, I think, three-quarters of the doctors that have Instagram accounts are not actually board-certified plastic surgeons. They're the other people that, that we, wow. we board-certified surgeons talk about. Those are surgeons that do plastic surgery but aren't really didn't have the training or the, um, the formal training that uh, board-certified surgeons have. Wait, how are they be able to perform surgery then? Oh, well, this is, well you're going down the str- a long road here, but just real quickly, yeah. there's no laws in the United States um, that prevent a, a physician from um, doing other surgeries in, in surgery centers. In hospitals, there's accreditation, and accreditation ensures that a surgeon is performing a surgery that they've been formally trained in. But because a proliferation of surgery centers and, and office-based surgery centers, uh, a lot of uh, funny stuff goes on. And in fact, every day uh, we have a, a dermatologist or a head and neck surgeon, ear, nose, and throat surgeon doing liposuction or breast augmentation wow. because they're popular and lucrative procedures. Uh, but that's a whole nother yeah, story. Yeah, but, but, but the fact that that... But I, I'm sorry that I didn't mean to, yeah. for you to lose your thought. Yeah. So obviously, back to the the journal that you were talking about. Yeah. Clearly, social media and Instagram is having a huge impact on yeah. people's psych- psyche. Yeah. And I'm sure it's affecting. I mean, are more people coming in than ever before, or or what, is your practice it's, flourishing because of our culture? Yes, and well, my it, it my practice is flourishing, and and but. Um, and for the right reasons, but also for the wrong reasons. Okay, the right reasons point. would be um, uh, they people follow me and they see that I that I do quality work and they like what I have to say and then they and they and then they 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 
verify that through other routes like uh, Yelp or uh, um, review sites and things like that. And they decide to come see me for a procedure that I'm um, trained and skilled to perform uh, and certified to perform. Uh, But I also have seen an uptick of people um, who, some of who are already my patients, who obsess about things, mostly on their face, um, that I've have I've noticed this has become more and more of an issue over the last just two years probably, and that coincides with the fact that as an Instagram um, user myself, I see that um, a lot of uh, women, but even some men now, are utilizing these filters. And in the beginning, the filters were just um, they were obvious, uh, but they're becoming more sophisticated yes, they now. Are. And it's getting harder and harder to tell that people have filters on. But I think for a lot of women uh, who, who typically are the people that wear makeup, um, it's become their makeup. They, will, they don't want to take a picture that doesn't have a filter on it. Yeah. So that's a problem. It is a problem. Mm-hmm. And um, what's... And I, and I don't. Well, this is the thing, and that's that's why I created the podcast. I mean, I've, I've said it for a variety of reasons, but I do think these all these things that are happening in our culture, yeah. whether it's the president, yeah. whether it's what just happened with Kavanaugh, yeah. I just don't think we know who to pay attention to. We don't know what's mm-hmm. real news, what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, we are confused. Mm-hmm. We are um, overwhelmed with information, mm-hmm. and we don't know what to pay attention to. Yeah, and I am trying not to look at Instagram as much as I don't. I've noticed now that I've started the podcast, started writing music again, and I'm getting really deep in my book. Yeah. I don't really use Instagram much. I'll post my shit, yeah, and then I'm off of it. Yeah, but I think. When Instagram came out, it was a great idea. It was yeah. sort of casual and yeah. fun. Yeah. And I want to get back to how you're using it in a second. Yeah. But I think we don't know how to handle all of this technology. Right. So what, what, what's, the, what's the solution? Right. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, um, you just said something. You said you, you, know, you post your shit and you get off. And um, as um, um, Rena, my girlfriend, has t- already told you, that it seems as though I'm spending an inordinate amount of time on on my phone, and uh, you know, a lot of that time I spend on my phone, quite frankly, is is following my Instagram, checking on my posts, making sure there aren't comments that need to be answered. And uh, I wish I could say that, oh, hey, um, you know, this is just business. Uh, but the reality is, is that. Um, uh, I too have been, uh, to a certain extent, at least I'm cognizant of it, uh, it sucked into the um, the rewards you get when somebody makes comments or likes. That's amazing. Like, yeah. I'm guessing you're over the age of 40. I am. I'm and, 55. And here you are. Yep. Actually, yep. your ego mm-hmm. is controlled in a way by the amount of likes that you get. Oh, yeah. You're not 16. No. And, and I will even... Um, I will complain and gripe to my um, my staff about a post that I thought should have gotten more likes. That's like, crazy. Like, that was like such a good surgery. Why does everything have to... And But because it wasn't mind-blowing visually, they don't realize how good that was. I can't believe they didn't give it more likes. Gee whiz. You know, it's like, 
I get I get upset or the opposite happens fortunately is that I get you know I have a, I post something that's you know visually um, uh, uh, dynamic or cool and it gets a lot of likes and I'm sitting there getting my rush of uh, dopamine and serotonin uh, and feeling good about myself so and and so you really have to be careful if a if a guy like me can get sucked into this, uh, you know, it's, I can see how it, it's probably sucking in a lot of other people too. And I think that's the problem with Instagram. It's a visual-based system. Uh, it's it's a system that that uh, rewards you. Yeah. And um, and or not necessarily punishes you, but you're really looking for that reward and how big it's going to be when it gets there. That we get sucked into it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I talk about this also, I think our, our free time is so valuable now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were young, we didn't have many options. It was like, go outside, play, mm-hmm. um, yeah. maybe read, homework, right. um, sports. Now, between video games, Instagram, Snapchat, the freaking IGTV. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, and I, I don't think this stuff is harmless on the surface. I don't, right. but it ruins your priorities or it, it adjusts them mm-hmm. to focus on stuff that just isn't really that important. And then, and it's constant onslaught of information. Like when you wake up in the morning, it's just like the posts, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the news feeds, mm-hmm. this, the Reddit, the mm-hmm. so so much shit, and then we don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. And then when our and then this goes back to you as yeah. your profession. Yeah. And then when all of our friends are all like just posting photos in Thailand, looking really hot in their yeah. speedos or their bikinis, yeah. and their skin looks great. Yeah. And then it's just our perception of reality just doesn't make any more sense. Right, and I think maybe there's bigger issues in the world, mm-hmm. but I think the underlying effect of what's happening is huge. Mm-hmm. And you know, Facebook has its own repercussions. Yeah, it's a totally different animal, and yeah. But I think the thing I brought this—the thing with Facebook—it's not visual based. I mean, it is, yeah. but at least you can have some news stories come through or let's say right. you follow like you yeah. two or something. Yeah. Yeah. But with Instagram, it's just one photo mm-hmm. after another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like how you brought up the analogy of the microscope. It really sort of focuses on only the good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, we have, well, people, you know, are obviously we, we uh, obviously, we'd love to have the lives we lead on Instagram. I think, yeah. and so um, it's it's it in so it's our it's our um, um, it's our super ego. It's our um, our uh, augmented reality. It's our pleasure place where you where we can create a life for the rest of the world to see that looks um, the way we think we'd like it to look. So maybe you know, I guess perfect, if you yeah. will. But um, yeah, it, it it it's pushing people, and in the case, you know, you know, it's pushing people to want to improve themselves, uh, and it's also pushing people into the place where they don't 
no longer feel comfortable with themselves. Um, and so that's a double-edged sword. Um, obviously, it's good to be in good health. It's good to exercise and eat right uh, because you're going to live longer and have a higher quality life. And the side effect of that is you're going to look better uh, than if you sit in a chair for your, the, your entire life eating um, um, you know, sugar and carbohydrates. Uh, right. which, which is, you know, I, 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 we all have that desire to, to relax and, and to not do things. But I think that, uh, yeah, it, it pushes us to, to be better, but there's that other side. Um, and, and see, this is where it becomes a very fine line between wanting and, and being realistic and being happy uh, with what we have, even if it's not that um, perfect skin or the, you know, or the perfect body. Uh, but being happy with what we have and being content with that um, and um, going overboard and wanting and just wanting more and more and more and and whether that means putting filters on your picture or coming to a guy like me uh, for to 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 perfect yourself more and and that and that could be you know uh, you know it could mean uh, trying to f- fix a little wrinkle or and which isn't awful thing. I get it, and I think that's reasonable. But I'm looking at the other end, somebody that maybe has had uh, five rhinoplasties and uh, in a pursuit of getting the perfect nose, and in, along the way, um, it's, be, you know, it's become more and more of a problem with more and more issues that, that are going to need. And now she, that person has a nose that is nothing what they thought it would be um, or, and now needs so much more work than it could have, yeah. should have had let me ask you have you noticed the age of your um, clients getting younger and younger well i can tell you that the and not, i don't, I don't yeah. want to ever feel like you're breaching some confidential, yeah, no, confidentiality n- not at all um fortunately i, I think that it, the, the teenagers um the numbers haven't really moved too much when I think of young patients, I think mostly of um, appropriately young patients would be um, somebody that has um, an, a nose that is uh, overly large. And that's typically what we've seen now for almost, you know, a half a decade, which is um, women, but men too, or uh, girls and boys who are in their mid to late teens who have um, a nose that they realize is uh, beyond the, the average. And, you know, yeah. it typically has to do with a big bump on their nose. But I think even when I was yeah. in high school years ago, I remember seeing somebody, there were a couple of people that mm-hmm. had a nose. I guess yeah. I'm talking more, though, about, like, the skin, the Botox, the... Um, mm-hmm. Right. Are, the, are people in their 20s becoming obsessed with that? Are you seeing that? Yeah, yes, and that's that's pretty much been stable, at least in my practice. And I get a, a, a few people that are in their 20s for Botox. Um, fillers, uh, for the purposes, other than the purposes of, of augmenting the lips, um, I'm starting to see a little bit more of that in younger people. Obviously, uh, lip fillers are, are very popular, even with teenagers, but that's not, you know, that's kind of like breasts, you know, everybody, want, or buttocks now. 
uh, everybody wants a, a, um, a bigger buttocks or more um, succulent lips. Yeah. Uh, and so, why? Well, because you see a lot of that on Instagram. You do, right? <laughs> no, but so that's the, the yeah, thing. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Obviously, you're a great surgeon. Yeah. You're practicing Beverly Hills. Yes, I saw you, you. You went to medical school in New York or yep, Boston? Went to New York. Went to medical school in New York, and, and then uh, you went to USC for your uh, internship in surgery, okay. and then left there and went to Brown up in Providence, Rhode Island, for general surgery and then plastic surgery. Um, I was in Boston during my, uh, we have a, the Brown plastic surgery has a coordinated residency with the Harvard program. It's small, but we, uh, the Brown it's, and it's mostly one direction where the Brown residents, um, uh, spend upwards of six to nine months in the first of the three years in plastic surgery in Boston, uh, or other cities too. We have a, a coordinated program with NYU. Uh, and so, yeah, I, that was where I trained and, um, uh, finished up in 2000 and came out to California. And how, like, how does one decide to get into plastic surgery? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, did you know that when you started medical school? Yeah. I, okay. Well, no, I didn't, I didn't know that I would be a plastic surgeon in medical okay. school, uh, but I did know I was going to be a surgeon, uh, because when I decided I wanted to become a doctor, which was a long time ago. Uh, you know, as kids, we want to be policemen, firemen, doctors. These are common desires for children um, who are very young. And um, and for me, uh, I was uh, uh, I was always uh, in, uh, interested in, in anatomy, and uh, and so I, it wasn't long before I decided I think I wanted to be a doctor. And this was kind of reinforced uh, in my tween years when. Um, the TV show MASH came out. Okay. Yeah, and Alan Alda, the actor, played Hawkeye Pierce, who was a trauma surgeon based in a MASH unit in Korea. And uh, Hawkeye Pierce was my idol. Hmm. He was helping people. He was operating on people, which was the, the key component because for me, anatomy and operating was, was important um, and was something I wanted to do. It was how I wanted to help people. I didn't want to um, give you medicine. I wanted to operate on you. Uh, and I knew that when I was young. And and uh, Hawkeye Pierce uh, was irreverent, funny, but most uh, because he did not necessarily respect all aspects of life, especially the military and, and the war. But yet he managed to do his job, and, and he did it in a way that um, people respected him. And so uh, so Hawkeye Pierce was my was my. Um, Idol. Wow. Yeah. And and so I was good at operation as a kid. Oh, but were I, you? <laughs> but, I know, but I didn't want to become a doctor. <laughs> My yeah. mom always wanted me to become yeah. a doctor, but yeah. I. Yeah. So uh, how? But then how did it foc- How did the focus become plastic surgery? Right. Um, so I entered medical school. Well, you know, I, before I went to medical school, I knew, like I said, I wanted to be a surgeon. So entering medical school, I was one of those unique individuals that knew that they want knew at least that the, what specialty they wanted to be in. As they entered medical school, most medical students don't even know what, where they're going to be by their third year. Um, they, and the third year, the clerkship years, are where you, you get exposed to the clinical aspects of medicine. And, uh, and so it can be very confusing for those that don't ha- already know what they want. Um, and I knew I wanted to be a surgeon of some sort in medical school, and 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 towards the end there, I knew that I wanted to do a general surgical residency because that's the gateway to so many other surgical subspecialties, and that and so that's why I went to USC 
thinking I was going to finish a full general surgical residency there, but ended up uh, not being as happy as I thought I would be there and wanting to go elsewhere. And, uh, and that's why I switched over to Brown General Surgery. See, I thought you went to USC already knowing that you wanted to be a plastic surgeon and you yeah, figured yeah. Be, you came to Los Angeles because... Yeah. So at this point, you still... So Brown is back on the East Coast. Back on the East Coast, Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, okay. So yeah. when did the plastic surgery start to Oh, well, yeah. So I... Yeah. I, I did want to become... A, I think probably by the time I was an intern in general surgery okay. at the USC. Yeah. I knew I wanted to ultimately become a plastic surgeon. But do you remember like what happened that actually made that... Yeah. I was, uh, I was um, in... Um, it was, I think, my fourth year in medical school, and uh, I had uh, gotten uh, exposed to some reconstructive surgeries, and I thought to myself that this is really something cool. Plastic surgeons that are, you know, are helping other surgeons that have problems, mostly with wounds. And, yes. And, yes. and in, in the case of cancer surgery, um, cancer surgeons sometimes have to remove um, a lot of tissue, leaving these gaping wounds in people's bodies. And, and how do we fix that? And that's, that's the realm of, of reconstructive surgery, which is what we, we plastic surgeons do. And this was uh, really enticing to me. So uh, the, my, my decision to become a plastic surgeon wasn't because I wanted to um, do facelifts or boob jobs. It was because I, it was this concept of, of fixing these big problematic wounds that, yeah. that we unfortunately have to create in people sometimes. And that's what drove me towards plastic surgery. And then how did, why did you come out to LA or, or? Oh, well, so that's a, you know, it, it's, that's a, the fact that I'm here in LA and that I'm a plastic surgeon actually have nothing to do with each other. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. I, um, uh, I grew up in the Northeast and, uh, and started out, um, my life loving snow and loving skiing and, um, but as I got older, I became less and less tolerant to the cold. Sure. And, uh, and, I, and, and I started not liking to ski in, in New England and preferred skiing in, in the West Coast. Or in the, in the Rockies where, you know, skiing wasn't so miserable and cold and you could have some sun to keep you warm. And, uh, and I, I had the opportunity to visit some friends in, in California right after college. Uh, this was at my point in my career. I hadn't even gone to medical school. I was at Sloan Kettering Cancer Center doing some research there after college. And I went to visit my buddies out in, in L.A. And it was the first time I was ever on the West Coast. And I knew probably within 48 hours of visiting them that I would live here for the rest of my life. Wow. So uh, when things got finished up, it took you know another 14 years or so, uh, uh, I came out here when I was done, when I was done with plastic surgery at Brown, and uh, um, I packed up my family, and off we went to California. Cool. <laughs> Just like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, you have, um, I think you have two boys? Two boys. So what's, um, are they in their teens? Uh, no, one is still in his teens. Evan is 19. He's uh He's a freshman at uh, Santa Monica Community College, and okay. Max is going to be 22 next month, and he's a, he's finishing up at UCLA. So, I mean, they're pro- how did you monitor their usage of Instagram and their phone, or or did you see them mm-hmm. become obsessed with with what's going on and caring too? Because I obviously. Um, I see kids yeah, yeah. all the time just staring at their phones. Right. And I don't think, 
again, it's it is it ruining the world? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but yeah. I think it's making us um I think about what we're putting into our brain. Yeah. In our free time. Yeah. And the people that are reading the newspaper, reading books, and sitting down and having a conversation, yeah. I'm sure all the time, I'm sure their brains are evolving differently than the people who are just staring at Instagram in their free time yeah. or playing video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you're... How did you even care that they were using Instagram, or or am I like making a big deal out of nothing? I mean, no, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you're now we're getting into the realm of parenting, and, yeah. and which is I think very important because parents create the the, the next generation of humans, uh, so it's an important subject. Uh, I think I'm pretty fortunate. Um, I happen to be a relatively um, easygoing parent. Um, their mom is a little stricter and because um, their mom and I split 12 years ago uh, and I got most of the duties they both wanted to live with me mostly because they're boys and boys like to be with their dads and their mom and I are close and amicable and we've been coordinating our efforts for uh, even though we've been apart for 12 years anyway um, they've been living with me mostly and I'm a a relatively relaxed person and I suppose that things could have gone the wrong direction uh, and I'm not sure how I would have handled it, but I'm fortunate to have these two guys who are very intelligent and um, and balanced. And yes, they both own cell phones, and they own cell phones at a relatively early age, and that's mostly because uh, they were going back and forth between two different houses, and we felt like that you know we needed to keep commu- you know good communication. And then along comes uh, you know apps like Facebook and and, and Instagram, and and they both um, um, eventually joined. Um, and they do use it, uh, but like I said, I, I see that they use it, but neither of them, uh, quite frankly, are as obsessed with Instagram as their dad. <laughs> so we'll circle back <laughs> yeah. to, to Dr. Gerald Manitti, yeah. professional physician, yeah. very well regarded, yeah. yet he is obsessed with Instagram. <laughs> What is wrong with What's you? What's wrong with me? There's something wrong here. God. This is really, I need, this is crazy. Yeah, maybe this is a cry for help coming on this show. <laughs> I mean, you're successful yeah. and doing very well. Yeah. And yet yeah. you're you're yeah. obsessed with Instagram. So yeah, my, yeah. my theory is basically thrown out the window now. Yeah. I can't wait to, to talk to Rena tonight about the fact that she said that I'm always in my phone. I, I, she I wanna, did. Oh, my God. She told And it's funny. I, when I yeah. see, oh, this goes to where, um, yeah. so I met Gerald. At um, I was going to say that I do see Gerald at at the we still practice yoga occasionally, mm-hmm. yep. and I do see him looking at his phone quite often before class. And I'll be like, "Hey, Gerald, how's it going?" He's like, uh, "Hold on, one hold second. on one second, I'll be right with you." <laughs> yeah, standing there in in the middle of the uh, you know on my mat two minutes before oh, but, class. But tell the tell yeah. the story how yeah. you actually used to have your oh, phone yeah. on the mat. Yeah. Uh, this had more to do with the fact that um, I'm, you know, the way I've set my uh, my practice up is I'm I'm on call twenty four seven. I have a mostly, I have almost an entirely cosmetic based surgical practice, and so uh, I've always made myself available to my patients twenty four seven three sixty five, and um, 
I'm fortunate to say that um, because I'm in cosmetic surgery, I don't really have too many emergencies. And uh, the last time I had to take somebody back to a, to the operating room unexpectedly was probably five or seven years ago, at least. I can't even remember. Uh, I actually do remember. It was a. It was. A, I remember sitting outside of Main Street Yoga after yoga, <laughs> and I, I, I turned my phone back on, and there was somebody that I'd operated on that day. And as it turns out, they did have a. They did need to go back to the operating room because they had a, a little bit of bleeding around their breast implant. That's called a hematoma, by the way, for those of you who don't know that. And that's a you know a a, a problem that needs to be taken care of urgently. But. Um, even in that situation, I had my phone off, and I think that might have been one of the things that's, that finally made me realize that I can actually be out of touch for an hour or an hour and a half and, and, and still keep my patients safe and still, and, and still be in touch with everybody. But yeah, there was a time when I actually had my phone by my mat on with the ringer <laughs> off, uh, ready to take a call. And uh, I, I finally stopped doing that uh, you know, five or seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was attached to my phone with that regard. And, and now, um, getting back to the Instagram, um, uh, addiction, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might, you know, there is, you know, uh, right before class, I might just take one little peek at Instagram, seeing how the post is doing. And before I shut my phone to put my phone to airplane mode, uh, and so I've managed to at least put my phone away for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I met Gerald um, probably a couple of years ago. I, I used to go to yoga class like five or six times a week. And um, we used to go to the same teacher pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Your girlfriend still goes, I mm-hmm. think, obsessively all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we typically uh, will see each other maybe once a week now, mm-hmm. I think like a Calvin's class or something yeah, like that. Yeah, um, But it's funny, I felt, I, I'm, I'm telling the story because I, I started, so when I became a yoga teacher, one of the reasons why I became a yoga teacher, there were a variety of reasons, but I became tired of the yoga, te- yoga teachers who seem to care more about their Instagram and their image than actually helping people. When I started practicing yoga in my 20s, um, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and it came back again in my early 20s. And my therapist at the time suggested that I go um, try yoga. And I was taking still steroids. I was on like Plaquenil and methotrexate. Mm-hmm. I was still mm-hmm. like pretty heavily medicated. Yeah, um, This was a while ago. But I felt through, and this is way before Instagram. Let's be clear: you're he- you were heavily medicated, but these were not psychiatric-based medications. <laughs> Thank you. These were just immune-modulating drugs. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's giving me those other types of medications yeah. right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but so I had this. So my yoga, my first yoga teacher was an Iyengar-based yoga instructor, and she helped me come back to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mm-hmm. went off all my meds. Uh, I mean, it took time. It took yeah. a year, but you yeah. know, it wasn't about, you know, how many followers she had. She no. was well referred by my <clears throat> therapist <clears throat> and over a year's time through like restorative postures, um, I got off all my meds. It's amazing. And I've been off ever <clears throat> since. <clears throat> and I mean, <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Knocking on wood. That's, and so in a way, I held yoga a pretty high standard. Yeah. Um, 
Because I do believe yoga has the potential to heal. It does. And when I see what's going on with Instagram and, and you know, people just posing photos of their bodies and their ass, um, and then people who can sort of like be jerks in real life, but then post like a quote like from Rumi on how you should live your life, it instantly sort of elevates people to mm-hmm. the sort of um, almost unhuman state. Like they're almost gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of like, I, I can't, I'm going to take a yoga teacher training. But I also, because yoga is so competitive out here, there's so many teachers, I was trying to think of sort of a different angle to use Instagram for. So I started posting these quotes where I'm making fun of our culture and I'm making fun of um, yeah. yoga teachers yeah. a lot. Yeah. And you, <clears throat> you like every single one of them. Oh, yeah. Like on Instagram, well, speaking about, I've noticed, because Gerald's on Instagram all the time, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. he literally likes Everyone. Now, you don't like everybody's posts all the time. No. But you actually like... Yeah, well, I mean, your your sense of humor I like a lot. And and that sort of um, dry, uh, ironic sort of uh, uh, humor that uh, pokes fun at things, but not in a, a direct sort of on the surface way. Right. Well, in a weird sort of way, I felt like, you know, when I was DJ, I, well, I have a gig this weekend, but yeah. um, you came to my gig yeah. at the Viceroy. At the Viceroy, yeah. And I felt like we were friends. Yeah. But in a weird sort of way, the more you started liking my posts, I felt like you were becoming a better friend. Of course. And that's so fucking lame. You no, know, I can explain it directly. You know, I gave you the likes. You knew who I was. Your um, your brain was starting to emit more dopamine, more serotonin, and that was enforcing um, the feelings that you have towards me uh, as being a good person because I was giving you your pleasure center a little ringy dingy, and and that that's so <laughs> and, fucked and, up. And yeah, it's fucked up. It's true. I actually yeah. like a few yeah. months went by, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah. "Holy shit, this guy thinks I'm funny." Yeah. Yeah. Because not everybody was liking my stuff because they were. I think I don't think because they didn't get it. I think it. I think a lot of it was they people, didn't get yeah. it for sure. But yeah. I also think people were like, yeah, I think primarily people didn't really get that I, I was mean, kidding. Yeah, I mean, as time went on, you became more obvious in your in in the fact that you were making jokes. Yeah. In the beginning, it was subtle, and I think it went over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. They didn't know. They thought, oh, that's ridiculous. This guy's <laughs> ridiculous. I, I could see if you didn't get it yeah. that you would think, oh, this guy's a jerk, or this guy. I mean, this guy's silly. Or, yes. You know. Well, I'm going to get yeah. back to doing yeah. more of them. Yeah. I've become yeah. more obsessed with actually yeah. talking on doing yeah. a podcast yeah. which is a much but back to what i was but i did notice back to the point about you and and instagram mm-hmm. i felt like we became closer friends yeah. because you liked my stupid fucking posts uh-huh. yeah. and that's so dumb well yes and no i think it's just the new way that we can communicate as people and identify with each other as being uh, similar, and 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 that's the basis of friendship. Yeah, you know. And this is just this is the evolution of s- social interaction, for better or for worse. You know.
so um, be, because I well, what do you think about um, the yoga well I make fun of yoga mm-hmm. I take yoga very seriously mm-hmm. it's re- obviously yeah. based on my story it's really important to me right um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm to me what's happened with yoga is is it mirrors what's just happened to our culture yeah we're, we're becoming a more concerned yeah. about the superficial. Right. So, I mean, how your girlfriend's yeah. really into yoga. Yep. What why do you like what why are you into yoga or what do you right. look for if, right. in, in, in when you go to class or Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people go to yoga for different reasons and I first of all, you know, it's a uh, sometimes it's hard to explain medical things like uh, what you've experienced how yoga uh, in one way or another perhaps uh, uh, the major contributor to the um the regression of your uh, uh, autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, and it seems miraculous, and, and and to a certain extent it might be, but um, I think that uh, the the act of, of of moving your body, uh, stretching out joints and ligaments, using muscles in different ways, and perhaps some of the side effects of going to yoga, which is eating better and and ingesting less toxic substances, uh, is going to lead uh, to better health. And in your case, it somehow triggered uh, or, or modulated your immune system for the better. So this is, I mean, this is possible. This is possible, we, yes. And I wasn't just doing like the standing postures and right. warrior two. I mean, I was doing a lot of the restorative where I'm upside down, yeah. this uh, setu banda, mm-hmm. um, hanging on ropes literally for 10, 15 minutes, just upside down, heart over the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yoga has sort of gotten this superficial, I'm just doing it to hold handstand for five minutes yeah, uh, and show right. off you know, my yeah. hot body. Yeah. But there is an actual that, depth yeah. to the practice. There is a depth to the practice that's, uh, that's deeply um, um, involved in our, uh, our biologic functions and so therefore has, um, has an effect on our quality of life, our health, disease process uh and you know it's all wrapped up it's it, it's our brain and our body and and um i would never suggest that you could cure cancer or cure rheumatoid arthritis by doing something like yoga or not i, I mean we if we put that to a rigorous test i think it would probably fail um, but for certain individuals it was just the right medicine and so for you, that's great. Uh, and so people come to yoga um, for that reason, because they've, they've been unhealthy. People like Rena uh, wanted to get something that would um, uh, channel her energies. Uh, I went to yoga because I had a bad back. Uh, I had back surgery. I injured myself in a very young age, uh, kind of a freak accident playing frisbee on the beach. And I, I didn't know it at the time, but I actually had created a little hairline fracture in one of my uh, lumbar vertebrae. It wasn't discovered for three months, and I ultimately had surgery on it. And, but uh, plastic surgery, on yes, it. of course, <laughs> only the best plastic for the for the spine. Actually, it was a neurosurgeon who did it, and uh, yeah, and he just took the little disc out and that little bony fragment that the disc was attached to, and uh, it changed. You know, I went from being um, horribly in pain uh, all the time. Uh, to functional again. Uh, but as the years went on, and I was young at that time, and, and my um, general level of fitness declined because I didn't have the time to put into uh, doing what I normally did when I was a kid, 
because uh, I was training to become a doctor and then I became a doctor and I just didn't have the time to do these things. My back became an issue again. And um, I used to say to my to friends that I felt like I was an eggshell and that at any moment if I moved the wrong way, I'd crack and my top half of my body would fall off the bottom half and hit the ground. Uh, that's how fragile my spine became. And so in, back in 2000 and I think it was about 2004, 2005, uh, my wife was uh, d- taking yoga uh, uh, at this local place. Um, we were living in Beverly Hills, and she was a member of the Beverly Hills Women's Club. And they did a lot of things there, including yoga. And so she taught me some yoga moves, and I learned them. Uh, and then in 2006, after we split, um, I joined Yoga Works. By the way, not to do yoga, because a friend said, you're going to meet chicks there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was uh, I was fortunate because uh, had I um, only wanted to to go to Yoga Works to 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 find chicks, I would have failed miserably. I I went to Westwood and and I felt like such an outsider. Uh, women weren't weren't even looking at me, and uh, because uh, I probably smelled fishy to them, like well, this guy obviously just wants a date. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't one of those lurkers. I'm just joking. But um, yeah. uh, people that go to yoga aren't there to meet people like at a gym. Uh, and but I was fortunate because uh, what I found well I already knew that before I went there that yoga was helpful for my spine and my general health and so um, and I, I met the right teachers uh, and um, and I got enthusiastic about yoga and um, and that's so for me it was really about um, getting um, my spine health back and getting some level of fitness back that I hadn't had for for over a decade. Um, almost two decades, quite frankly. Do you, do you think I'm see? There's this teacher, Vinny, who teaches on Main Street. Vin, yes, he's, he's Vinny Marino. He's probably yeah. one of the most famous power yoga instructors in the country. Yes, yeah. Um, great teacher. Uh, he has these classes on Main Street on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. where literally you have to get there like a mm-hmm. half hour beforehand. Yeah, and it's an hour and a half class. Yeah, and it's a total scene. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I stopped going to yoga work so much is because it's a fucking hour and a half class most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. It takes a half hour to get there. Sometimes you have to get there fucking early. It ends up being a three hour freaking ordeal. Right. And it's like we talk about valuing our free time. Yeah. I just started to prioritize my time, and I'm like, yeah. I can't take three hours five six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And go do yoga. That's just crazy. It's. Yeah. But what what do you think about the scene there? That's good. It's literally like a club. Yeah. And and and, and yeah. I have this weird theory though that if you're going to the same class all the time, mm-hmm. you're actually not growing at all. Right. Am yeah. I am I and it's am, it's true. Yeah. I, why, I, you're a doctor, so yeah. why why is that? Well, because we you know, uh uh the 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 body and the mind um need to constantly be stimulated um and um for instance um bodybuilders will tell you that they're going to not grow their muscles if they even when they push heavier and heavier weights if they still do the same exercises or the same routine of exercises so what bodybuilders love to do is change things up so that when they uh, complete a particular a workout session they're going to get sore so the, mm. their goal is actually to hurt, to injure their muscles enough so that they get sore, and and so that that that's how they their their body literally grows. For yogis, um, growth whether it's um, uh, physical in terms of strength, balance, 
flexibility uh, or the other growth we talk about, which is spiritual or mind growth. I, I think it, it's the same thing. We, we, we get stuck in a rut doing the same old thing, and I am certainly guilty of it. Uh, but, uh, um, and, and, and it's easy. Because it's routine, and and you have to break that routine to to grow, to really grow uh, and become stronger, have better balance, have better, have a greater flexibility, um, and then with, when all that happens, um, so, so does the mind grow. When you when you when you talk to different, or when the teacher speaks to you and gives you their input, yeah, I think it's 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 important. Uh, something I certainly don't don't do enough. Um, yeah, and, but I am I am one of those people that uh, you're there every Saturday. Sa- I yeah, I and do you like Saturday. wait in the line, mm-hmm. you get your mm-hmm. spot on stage yeah. because there's no room. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want people to stalk you, but yeah. pretty much if you want to know where Gerald is Saturday morning, yep. it's pretty easy to know Street, where he is. Santa Monica. And I, the only reason I bring it up, and, yeah. and I'm not a doctor, yeah. but I was going to yoga five six days a week. Same, almost the same teacher, same studio. And I literally felt like I spiritually, physically, mentally plateaued. Uh-huh. And I was not going to evolve or change. And so I started teaching. I started going to like these hit classes, going to other yoga studios like Sweat Yoga, um, Y7. Just ex- And I have felt more growth, more change in the last like year and a half mm-hmm. than I did in those five years of going mm-hmm. every single day to the same thing. And right. so when I see the same people going and doing the same thing all the time, I, I, I certainly won't say anything to them, but I, I just, I don't think there's growth going on and physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's, it's, uh, it's important to change it up, yeah, and and I and again, um, there's a couple things that I still want to talk about, and then I can I can let you go because you have you have more important things to do, like go to sleep and wake up and yeah. perform surgery tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I do, <laughs> but not that they're more important. It's just that yeah, I happen to be uh, yes yes on that schedule. Um, yeah, I just you know the show is um, because I think. And what I'm writing about now, my book, and the, I've already started thinking about a new book. I'm, I'm, I think, you know, I, I talk about Instagram. I talk about us becoming patterns, uh, or we're, we're living like it's just routine. We're doing the mm-hmm. same thing, and I have this weird sense that our mm-hmm. culture, in a weird sort of way, um, we're all sort of becoming the same. Mm-hmm. And we're all doing the same things. And, and you know, unfortunately, they're the, the soft-spoken ones, the ones that don't know how to, like, show off their body the right way or use the right filter, you know, aren't getting noticed. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, you seem, you have this ease and casualness to you. Uh, and you're, you know, we laughed when we talked about how you use Instagram and yeah, like you're yeah. obsessed with it. Yeah. And and all these things that are happening in our culture, obviously they can't be traced to Instagram. Right. But um, I wasn't surprised Donald Trump won. I see us 
paying attention to people that we shouldn't be paying attention to. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't mean to be glass half empty here, but I think how you spend, not you specifically, but how one spends their free time right now is so valuable and um, they're so important. And I, I don't mean to be dark and apocalyptic here, Mm -hmm. but I really think my podcast isn't going to change anything, but I, 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 well, maybe it will, but I do believe the art of having like the way that you get to know somebody back when we were growing up, you actually, you know, went out to dinner, you talked to them, you experienced things. And now our experiences are so superficial. They're, they're like getting feedback based on what you post. Um, am, am I creating a darker picture than is actually what's going on? Or is, is this, I, I, and I, the scary thing is, is that I don't think there's anything we can do. Yeah. Like, I think it's too late. Yeah. I think this cycle of technology, things coming out, we become obsessed with them. Yeah. yeah. It's over. <laughs> I mean, maybe, <laughs> and, and, and well, I, I wish I knew, yeah. you know, and I talked about this on like my first podcast, you know, yeah. all these, these gun shootings happen. Yeah. It's almost like they happen. We kind of get really sad for a day or two. Mm-hmm. The government starts saying they're going to change some shit. Mm-hmm. And then like five days go by and we forget all about it. And then we move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Mm-hmm. Very similar to how we just keep scrolling and scrolling. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. bad shit happens. We scroll through. The Kavanaugh thing happened. We mm-hmm. scroll through. Next, it's just like yeah. one after the other. And we can't focus on any of them. Right. Because, or, or we just simply forget about really yeah. important shit. That, yeah. Because it gets buried underneath the next news wet flash. Right. Yeah. So, um. I, and, you know, we're going to wrap this. There's one other topic I want to talk about, but before we get to that, I mean, what what is your stance on this? Yeah. I mean, do you think it's a big deal, or you just it's it's just it's a it's sort of a free time, fun little thing that we can do, and it's innocent. Yeah, no, it's 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 not so innocent, and it, it and certainly maybe not Instagram, but Facebook has, has you know there have been a lot of uh, articles written about the fact that it. Uh, it has contributed to the polarization here in the United States and perhaps around the world. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, what Mark Zuckerberg really doesn't come right out and say, but I think everybody knows he knows, is that the the model that makes Facebook so um, enticing and has made it so popular and why, reason why more than a billion people use Facebook uh, is 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 based in the the mechanics of getting people to interact and talk and that and the way facebook does that is by uh, creating um uh um arguments if you will <laughs> and the, the desire to to talk about to to create sides and and so it's 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 definitely um a bit, it's problematic in that regard um, I think more so than Instagram per se I think Instagram is more personal and how it affects how we think about ourselves um in general, all this technology, uh, I think that yes, I think we're in an evolution, and I, I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. Yeah. I think that we can evolve too. I think humans are. Uh, we didn't get here by accident. We got here because we have incredible brains, and 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 we have um, uh, certain specific qualities of our brain that have allowed us to get the, to this point. And I think that we are going to. Hopefully, if we don't tear ourselves apart permanently, uh, 
we will, you know, and I'm referring to nations and nuclear war um, or catastrophe due to our, our uh, lack of care of the environment. Uh, I think that we will overcome and, and, and grow and everything evolves. Uh, we were talking about um, uh, birds. Those are those little the scooters. The scooters, yeah. And I've, uh, in my own, just in the last couple of months, evolved how I thought about them. In the beginning, I didn't think much of them at all. And then when I saw them littering the streets or, or kids flying down the street that I nearly killed, yes. uh, I realized they were a menace to society. Uh, or <laughs> I, I nearly get killed, to... or I'm on the sidewalk, you know, yes. exiting a, a store and nearly get run over. So I become the crotchety old man. No, you but know. you're not. Yeah. I, I feel the same way that <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Because... The, this is the thing. Now, you, you, I think Instagram is just as bad yeah, because yeah. it's impacting how we think. Yeah. Just even personally, like we can't <laughs> even sit down and have a conversation. We can't handle this 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 thing that's in our phone, in our pocket. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the same thing with birds. Like yeah. the the CEO uh, threw them all over the city. He didn't get permission first. I yeah, talked about this right. a few weeks ago. He just did it. He just did it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah. We we ride on the sidewalk. We'll, yeah. we'll ride without helmets. We'll right. go the wrong way. We, we, we just, we, we don't think. Right. And I think that's because we don't stop. We're just constantly moving on, going from one thing to the next. And, um, I think Instagram is to blame for that. Yeah. I mean, maybe we always had that inside of us, but um, we can't focus anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, well, we certainly know this is, you know, before Instagram, there was video games and, and there, there have been taught, there's been uh, articles written about that and how video games um, have contributed to um, the 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 need for visual stimulation, especially in younger people that play them, and that and and that you, there's a whole era of 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 movies that have been put out by Hollywood that are action packed movies, car chase movies, things of that nature that are extremely uh, sensory overload. Yeah, and it's because that's what we need, and it goes back to that serotonin and dopamine thing for kids. For ki- you know, they get that rush when they see this constant movement all over the place, and 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 you know that's probably a bad thing. Uh, but there are, and this is where I, my little optimistic view take take uh, is is that it's a bad thing. But now we know that there are that the video games actually enhance eye hand coordination and the ability to, uh, to improve, uh, visual, um, uh, the visual ability to distinguish things and to recognize things on a screen, which may be useful now that we're entering the era where we, you know, things may be all on screen someday. So I just, I mean, we'll, we'll agree to disagree okay, yeah. because, um, <laughs> If if your answer is people should spend their freshman no. year in high school uh, on playing video games to prepare themselves for their sophomore mm-hmm. years of studying Instagram, and then, right, ju- then junior year will be uh, the focus on Facebook, right. and then senior year they get to write a project on how uh, video <laughs> games, Instagram, and Facebook all work so well together. together yeah, they they mesh like a dovetail. I no, have, I don't I, suggest. That. I, I have this theory because yeah. I found out that the um, CEO of netflix is actually also on the board of facebook 
and Facebook owns Instagram. So there's like, I'm this world of people that are are just Mm -hmm. dying to get our attention, and they all work Mm -hmm. uh, for Facebook. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, There's certainly just a small group of people that run the world. You believe that? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Because I I I I preach that, and people think I'm insane. No, it's real. There, it's it's a small group of people. <laughs> You're being serious. I am. No, I'm being serious. Okay. I mean, when I say run the world, I'm, I'm not. I I mean, you know, uh, well, I really mean run the world. But I'm. It, it is a small group of people in the United Ooh. States. That, oh, oh my God, we got Siri. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, wait, sorry. Say that again. Yeah. No, the group of people. Yeah, I mean, there's a group of people that like Zuckerberg and um, uh, and uh, other. Uh, corporate giants that um, have access to the you, you know the government. I mean, yeah. it's not this is not a secret. This is not conspiracy theory. You you just read about it. You know that 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 the high level talks, whether they're uh, behind closed doors or in in Senate committees. You know, Zuckerberg was there, and you know, trying to explain to our congressmen. Uh, how Facebook works, and of course, it went all over their heads. They have no clue. <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, the leaders of the world are f- few and uh, few in number. And so, you know, I, I think that, um, and of course, in this country, we all know that um, the roughly one percent of the population uh, are rich enough to have a great deal of influence over our government. Uh, whether it's because they can pick up the phone and call somebody directly or simply because their dollars um, uh, influence who who becomes our government. And that's one of the major problems here in the United States, and I have a feeling that's one of the major problems in in other countries around the world, is that um, the rich uh, have been controlling the governing forces on the planet for, you know, for the entirety of civilization. We're just at the next phase and and once again, my op, my optimism is such that it it starts with realization, and not just from a few, but but as it grows, and that's where I think that social media can be helpful. I, I'm the first person to tell you that God, I love to turn off Facebook because I can see how it polarizes this country. But as we uh, hopefully as time goes on, we can get people like you, Eddie, who do podcasts, and maybe you, Eddie, that and your podcast alone is, is insignificant. But enough of Eddie's and your podcasts and getting people to think is going to help us help people uh, move. And it comes from the ground up, and, and then and then we and once we get the power um, as a, as a group to vote and vote right, then we can create. We can bring people into into power who are not going to uh, continue the the chain of uh, money um, controlling power. The, and that's basically the downward facing spiritual spiral. Yes, <laughs> that's sort of what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to get into that last thing? Um, your trip to Dubai? And oh, then, yeah, and sure. So yeah, that yeah, was fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, you just got back from Dubai. Yep. Um, it was your first trip there. My first trip. So just explain why you went. Uh, sure. And, and part of me, obviously, is curious of the, the yeah. differences in, in the culture and, and right. what they cared about. But, right. but why did you go and how was it? And, and let's, let's just hear about it. Well, uh, uh, Dubai, the Dubai thing... Um, for plastic surgeons, uh, is nothing new. Uh, I'd say probably uh, uh, surgeons, mostly from LA, uh, have been going to Dubai 
now for about 10 years or so. Plastic surgery is very popular all around the world, not just uh, the, the United States. And, uh, and the Middle East is no different. Um, and um, there are, as we all know, there are a lot of rich people in the Middle East. Uh, the Middle East is not just f- filled with people that are Middle Eastern. It's a, it's a hub for um, th- uh, the wealthy from Asia, Africa, and 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 Europe. And so it's a it's a got a, a warm environment. There's beaches, and so it's a, it's a vacation place for a lot of people. And um, and so they want plastic surgery there. And uh, Beverly Hills plastic surgeons, LA plastic surgeons, have been going there for a while. Uh, one of my friends, who's a, 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 a facial plastic surgeon, was going there years ago. And and he's like, "Yeah, you want to come aboard?" And they need more body people. And I said, "Sure." Well, one thing or, or another, uh, it just never happened. And then finally, about two years ago. It looked like it was going to happen, and I was still interested. Uh, meanwhile, my practice had grown, and and I've and I've become uh, I've, uh, had become busier and busier here in LA. But it still interests me. Um, what about it interests you? Uh, the concept of you know, well, first of all, travel. I don't travel enough. Yeah, and and so this was one opportunity for me to travel and make money, and that seemed like an ideal thing. Sure. Um. So that. And I also recognized the fact that um, other surgeons were promoting it. And so this was another means for me to promote my business as well. And, that, and I thought that would be a, 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 the next level of growth. And so I, uh, I was still interested, and in, it was a process getting my medical license in the, in the United Arab Emirates. But it finally happened, and, uh, and so I went down this. And the first trip happened uh, last month, and it was, it was a good trip. Uh, I, I mostly met new people. Um, and uh, the clinic there had been promoting me for a couple of months prior, so I w- there were a few people lined up waiting to see me, and I actually did some surgery on some people towards the end of the week, and uh, it was a it was a good uh, good experience from plastic surgical point of view, and it was a good experience um, for me as a, as a traveler. I'd never been to the Middle East, and uh, uh, I am familiar with. Uh, the culture because I am a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon and Beverly Hills happens to be a summer spot for so <laughs> many people in the in the Middle East. They yeah. want to get away from that, those 115, now pushing 120 degree summers. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm familiar with the culture. So that wasn't so much a new thing. Um, but it was nice to see um, that part of the world and of course, I did a couple touristy things. I went to um, the uh, Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building on the planet. Yeah. It's, it's exact. It's a couple feet taller than a half mile in height, uh, which is amazing. And uh, it was a, a cool project that involved people from around the globe uh, to build, and that was very interesting. And then I also, towards the end of my stay, I, I went to um, the. Uh, Burj Al Arab, which is a, uh, a, it looks like a giant sail from a sailboat. It's actually a, a, a hotel that's sitting on a little island in the in the water there in the Gulf, and uh, right next to the Palm. The Palm Islands are, are a residential area that uh, was built out of sand. They just and they keep pouring sand to keep it from getting washed away, because they have that kind of money. Right. Um, so it was kind of cool and and ostentatious and 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 at the same time you could see that 
um, they're already further along than we are with no middle class. They have um, the rich, the ultra-rich, and the working class. And uh, hopefully we won't head the, in that direction, um, which we have been heading in uh, since uh, the end of World War II. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can turn our, our nation around. But that's really kind of what we see in, in, in that country uh, is uh, that there's no, nobody in the middle. Yeah. I mean, your practice is super successful here in Beverly Hills. Is it worth going there every year or two? Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, um, e- even though I didn't do much surgery, it, w- it was still financially um, um, fine, if you will. You know, it, it, was, it worked out good. Okay. It worked out good. It worked out well. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I made some money. Uh, I didn't lose. And this particular trip, um, for whatever reason, uh, I was making money at home too uh, with uh, people that were signing up for surgeries that I'd already met. So yeah, it, did, it worked out perfectly. Uh, I'm, it's more than uh, I'm actually going to give it a, a, a run, and that which means it's not a once a year thing. I'm actually it's actually closer to four or five times a year. Oh wow! Yeah. So and and I'm my next trip is coming up in December. Uh, so um, and I have about ten cases scheduled then. And so, yeah, it's 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 been valuable for me. Uh, I think it's um, one of those things that Instagram, because I put it on Instagram, it's 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 giving boosting my practice. Uh, people want to know. Some people, not everybody. Uh, some people w- want to go to a doctor that does international surgery, uh, and so it's attractive for certain individuals. And, and I and I've seen my phone ring with those individual individuals who want to have surgery with me. Um, and so, yeah, Dubai has been a positive uh, uh, thing for my practice, and uh, it has given me the opportunity to travel a little bit. It is it is physically demanding. Um, sure. Uh, this first round, I, I took uh, flights that involved one stop, and it was a four-hour layover in Amsterdam going there and Paris coming back, which made the whole trip elapsed time just shy of 24 hours. So you spend literally one full day uh, in, in a plane going there and one full day coming back. And uh, and the the difference in time zone between Pacific Standard Time and and Dubai time is exactly twelve hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you it's this half day thing, and when you go there, it takes even though it took you twenty four hours, you're now thirty six hours ahead. Uh, and coming back, uh, uh, you know, you're, you the elapsed time was only twelve hours. So it's it's strange. It, yeah. it kind of screws with you, and uh, and so I um, it took me a couple of days, especially um, coming home. It was more difficult. I found to to get back in the swing. Yeah, because you really night is day and day is night. Yeah. So yeah, um, but it was a good thing, and uh, and that was something that I promoted on Instagram, of course. Sure. Yeah. Is uh, there was there a major was there a difference between <clears throat> what people think about there or or what people were going to mm-hmm. for you there as opposed to here or it's um, pretty much it was you specialize in a few specific things yes so. I, yes I do but I, I cover everything and I am um, um, no I saw the usual uh, well the one thing that was different there than my practice is that uh, for whatever reason my practice has become primarily women. And that's not just because I do breast surgery, but I do a lot of other uh, uh, surgeries that uh, both men and women have the same body parts, like bellies and eyes and noses and things like that. And uh, in Dubai, 
uh, there was a lot Oop, of... That's uh, somebody from Dubai. Yes, exactly. That's you. Oh, it's Rena. Hi, Rena. Hi, Rena. Um, we'll be it, done soon. Yeah. So I saw a lot more men in, in Dubai than Interesting. I do. And uh, for men, it, it was a lot more um, liposuction, um, things of that nature. So, What do you think about people um, being so concerned about their looks? And obviously your yeah, business is based it's on based it. based on that, but, I know. But, you know, like... Um, how how do you manage that that the 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 culture sort of frowning upon people mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. so concerned with their looks yet it's happening because of what's just our culture now i mean how do you yeah. manage that right uh well it's it's a balance and 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 so i think i'd sort of alluded to it before mm-hmm. but i i don't know how well i articulated it um that there is a balance in in people's desires to want to look better. I mean, when you look at the if you look at the logic behind wearing makeup, a woman wearing makeup, or or why we style our hair, or whether or not we grow a beard, it's because we're interested in how we look. I mean, and, part of the reason why I use skin care products, yeah, like Kiehl's, yeah. instead of like Neutrogena, yeah, or I have a beard, is that I don't have a lot of hair on my head. Yeah, you, you got to divert and, attention. Yes, exactly. And so I have pretty good skin. And I just realized <laughs> now you didn't have hair. <laughs> Holy shit! I had no idea. See, it worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. Too bad. We had the funniest joke an hour into this interview. Oh, damn it! Gosh, oh, can I good. come by next week and try harder for the jokes? <laughs> um, no, but like, yeah. So I, I mean, we obviously want to look good. Yeah. We don't, but you know, what? Back to my question. It was, but you yeah, were, so you were why, answering why, it. Yeah. So you, why? It's balance, Eddie. I think that. It's okay to want to look pretty. It's okay to want to look handsome. It's okay because we want to be attractive. Remember, everything we're doing on this planet falls back to, well, it really falls back to wanting dopamine and and serotonin. But what gives us dopamine and serotonin? Well, food does. Sex does. um, Love does. We all want to be loved and and to have sex and to have... uh, and. And perhaps to create a family and create life. And so everything falls back on those basic needs. And uh, looking good helps us get that. Hmm. And so I think it's okay to, to put on makeup. I think it's okay to want to style our hair, maybe color our hair. And obviously, I think it's okay if you want to tweak things. Yeah. I, think, I think it becomes not okay when it becomes our... Uh, obsession when we spend an inordinate amount of time either doing something or thinking about doing something to improve our looks and then we've lost sight of of what we're doing in life and then then it becomes a problem and and for some people it becomes a real problem and those are people that we label as body dysmorphic and instagram certainly is pushing people towards that body dysmorphia if or if not facial dysmorphia yeah. And the, and in closing, the other thing that's happened is perfection. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has to look perfect all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure when you got in your practice, you weren't having these talks with patients as you probably are now mm-hmm. about sort of this, this mirage of perfection. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, you did talk about it earlier, but you seem to, I seem to really understand it 
more fully now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a balance and, and yeah. uh, perfection doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Um, and even in the people that we think are perfect, that's another thing, by the way, is that the average person, um, when they think of cele- certain celebrities or, or, you know, and now celebrity goes beyond just being a movie star. You, you can be an Instagram star, an <laughs> yeah. Instagram celebrity. That's pathetic, but uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, they think that these people look the way they do in real life. And, and I've been fortunate enough to meet some of these people uh, f- for the reasons that they want to actually improve the way they look. And they look nothing like they do. <laughs> And and the, the way you see them in maybe on Instagram, and and that's because of the fact that Instagram has uh, is allows people to do what you know the photographers have been doing for years, which is to touch up photographs, and now you can do it yourself, and 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 now the the, the software that allows you to touch up your face is be, used to be kind of primitive, and you everybody knew when somebody had a face filter on, and some of these people are still using it. You know, it kind of creates this sort of hazy glow and makes your eyes look bigger and makes your nose look a little straighter. Um, now it's getting, or can change the color of your eyes. Now it's getting subtle. Yeah. And, 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 and people, and I think people are, 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 um, using it more and more to the point where, um, I sometimes look at somebody's account and I scroll through it and I see that almost every photograph of them is, has been filtered. Yeah. And it's so rare to find a photograph where their their face isn't filtered, and it's usually in a group photo where their face is a little bit smaller. But then you, I sort of squint and I want to see what they really look like, right. and I'm like, "Wow, they those, those filters are good, man." <laughs> <laughs> I've actually yeah. had um, yeah. I actually had a procedure done where I had the Instagram filters inserted into my eyes. Oh wow! So actually, you're, I'm looking at you right now, and you're actually a filter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still use beer for that. <laughs> Beer sort of makes everybody look yes, good. Yes, he's wearing beer goggles, <laughs> beer goggles, and I have filters. You have the uh, implanted the, in yeah, my the, eyes. That is amazing, Eddie. Oh, that's so cool. Well, um, <laughs> today's show was sponsored by Keels <laughs> and Bud Light. And Bud Light. <laughs> and, and both of our phones went off. So, of course, Apple. I, or, do you have an iPhone? No, you yeah, do. Okay, I, it's a seven. You have, you have the iPhone fourteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's a plastic I'm, surgeon. Yeah, the, I, He's cutting edge. People don't even know about the iPhone i14. Yeah, it's amazing. And you guys are going to find out about it in about five years. <laughs> um, well, um, I, I started the show for a variety of reasons, but I also started, you know, there's so many fucking podcasts on, 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 you know, iTunes or wherever. <laughs> and most of the people that are on are, are just a bunch of hacks. <laughs> They're not really interesting. They're not. Yeah. And I think the people in my life are actually really cool. I think we are the company we keep. Yeah. Um, you know, but nowadays it's often, you know, we are what we put into our brains and our free time. And, but we also, that's why it's so valuable to be around people that are thinking, curious, um, stimulating, asking questions. Of course, you want to have fun with these people as well. But, you know, they're not just like taking things at face value. And I think that's the point of my show also. Mm-hmm. Stop believing everything you read and see on Instagram Absolutely. because your yeah. brain is getting tricked. <clears throat> it sure is, yeah. Um, and you're a doctor now, so everything that I'm, I'm saying you can validate with, with medical proof. It's, pr- it's true. <laughs> I, I trust Eddie. 
I'm no expert, but Gerald is. Yeah. yeah. So um, you can find Gerald in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, Gerald uh, Maniti. Yeah. M i n n i t i i t one t. Yeah, one t. Maniti. Maniti. Okay. Uh, but he's also on Instagram. Yeah. Um, his cell phone number. No, I'm kidding. Uh, his cell phone number is 310. <laughs> he'll be in Dubai. Yeah. He's also going to be in uh, Topeka, Kansas in a few no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's another big plastic surgery zone. Oh, huge. Topeka, Kansas, and Dubai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Even people in Kansas like plastic yes, surgery. Yes, they do. Bless their heart. Um, yeah. Well, I think... I feel smarter talking to you today. I feel like I've added a few brain cells to mine. Me too. (laughs) Hashtag me too. Oh, God. People are definitely mad at me now. Oh, no. Uh, Well, I really. It's just a joke. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. I appreciate you coming on. It means a lot. Um, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you, Eddie. It was a lot of fun. And and I think we touched on some serious things in in a light way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. really the goal. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, got people to think. Yeah, uh, I also got some Botox during the interview as well, so I appreciate you, you that. Did, you didn't scream. You kept talking when the needle went in. It was amazing. Um, that, you're a pro. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Seriously, um, thank you. You're the pro. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Uh, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast, um, Doctor Gerald Maniti. The more I say your name, I keep ruining it. No, no, you did it perfectly. All right, great. You you can find him in Dubai and Beverly Hills and on Instagram. Um, And thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, Eddie. Have a good night. Good night. Remember when I felt lost, you wrapped me in shame. Every night I want you beside me. Then today I woke up with the goddamn.